I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Okay. The big boy's gonna wash himself. Fucking lines, embarrass yourself like that in front of all those goddamn people. Which wouldn't be worse? To live as a monster? Or to die as a good man? What's it gonna be, Doc? Huh? What's it gonna be? May I lift the hands off the tabletop in order to remove my pistol? Yes, you may. You know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving! The show goes on! Alright, welcome back, everyone, to... Another special episode of the Best Thing We've Seen podcast. My name is Flo. And as always, I'm Gabe. How are you? <laughs> that was a... <laughs> I love the tone of your voice there. Very and professional. as always, I'm Gabe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm good, man. How are you doing? Dude, I'm fine. I'm, I was looking forward to this special episode that we're having today, but also kind of stressed because I, want, I just want to save very little time for a lot of movies. Truth be told, I had a lot of time. I just, as always, <laughs> saved it for the last possible moment. So I just finished the last film about half an hour ago. Yeah. And it was a great one, as <laughs> always. Yeah, I mean, we, we say that on every episode, on every special episode. We're like, it's always like, like it comes down to the last week of like cramming uh, movies in to watch or shows. And then it's always just, you know, you don't get to watch everything that you planned on watching. Sure, but... I mean, maybe it's healthy that I don't watch like 20 movies in like two weeks. So I just watch six movies in four days. In a day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but um, for anyone who is new around here, um, this is a special episode of our podcast. And basically what, what that means is that we don't talk about the best thing that we've seen all week, um, like a best new thing. But rather, uh, we're, we're going to talk about a person's career and we're going to dissect um, the filmography of, uh, I mean, w one of the most famous people today, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. As you heard in the intro and as you saw in the title and as you saw on the cover, hopefully. Um, yeah, this is quite a task because this guy, um, <laughs> he made a lot of good movies. Dude, he's one of the most prolific, if I use that word right, actors yes. like today. Maybe one of the most well-known and well-respected actors of like all time. Yeah. With his level of fame and everybody knows if it's a Dica DiCaprio movie, it's it's a good one. Yeah, that's true. And I remember um, I mentioned on, the, on our last special episode, on the Ryan Gosling one, that um, his filmography was sort of incredible. And uh, I mean, DiCaprio's is just up there as well. And yep. also one of those guys that has like a reputation of being like a, a womanizer and um, whatever. People love him because he's good looking. But once again, I think they also love him because he's just an incredible actor. And, Dude, um, and yeah, yeah, just his filmography and seeing with which directors he's worked with. He's just worked with the best of the best. And yeah, and he keeps working with them, too. Dude, yeah. And I think it's great. I mean, he doesn't bring out a movie like every year. Yeah. And I think that's great. He just does the best projects and knows what he does. And he's always perfect for the role. 
Absolutely. Fabinho knows what he can do and he does it perfectly pretty much every time. Yeah, he sort of um, takes his time to get into his uh, roles, I guess. That, that's yeah. sort of one of the benefits of being one of the most famous actors. You can sort of pick and choose roles and sort of uh, prepare for them and because you don't do it for the money. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe no. a bit for the money. No, but like not in like I need to make a I, I need to take any project on because I'm sure I need to pay my rent. I think he's fine in that department. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he is. I mean, doesn't he have like a huge fucking yacht? Yes, <laughs> I think he's maybe, got a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he does. Yeah. Um, but the way this special episode works is basically we're gonna do a top ten list with the number one being the best thing we've seen from Leonardo DiCaprio. And um, this list can include movies, TV shows, YouTube videos, whatever. But once again, <laughs> this guy uh, is obviously... I mean, has he been a part of a show? I don't think Not he has. Not as far as I'm aware. He's like one of the most purest actors that I know, as in he just does movies and no Netflix deals so far. <laughs> and yeah. Well... That's funny you should say that. I was going to wait to mention that uh, at the end of the show. But, um, <laughs> Why? Like, um, I've had... Like, okay, I read news about the newest Adam McKay film. And right. um, that movie has been on my watch list for a while. I just added it to the watch list on IMDb. But they recently announced the casting of it. And I think it's a Netflix production, which is why uh, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> um, hold on. I, I'm just looking. The, I'm, I need to... Um, all right, you ready for this? Hold on. Let's go. I don't know when this movie will be released, but they, I mean, they obviously they haven't even shot it yet. But the latest Adam McKay film, it's going to be called Don't Look Up. And I think it's a comedy about space. And okay. listen to this cast list. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, Jonah Hill, Timothy Chalamet, Ariana Grande, Matthew Perry, uh, Rob Morgan, Kid Cudi. I mean, just the first five. <laughs> he just got everybody on board. <laughs> DiCaprio, Lawrence, Streep, Blanchett, Hill, Chalamet. That's incredible casting. Dude, I mean, if anybody can get them under one roof, it's Adam McKay is one of those people who can do that. He has always got like stellar casts and connections to what feels like to the top tier list of Hollywood actors. Yeah. So, yeah, good for him. And I'm um, excited to see... <laughs> DiCaprio in another comedy, if you can call Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a comedy, because he was great in that one, and I would love to see him in more. Yeah. I can't wait for that. But um, let's talk about um, the movies that have already been released, <laughs> that he's been <laughs> part of. Um, is there All anything right. else we need, to, we need to mention, or should we yeah. just dive right into it? Just a little uh, note for the listeners. The way we do this list is, if I have something, for example, on my number 10 spot, and Flo has it on his number 5 spot, we are going to postpone the conversation. And if it's quite close together, like on a number eight spot, number seven spot, we're going to do the uh, discussion right then and there. Right. Because we obviously don't know uh, each other's lists. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what what makes your list. And I have, once again, I have some controversial omissions, uh, as always. And um, yeah, we'll see how um, how our lists compare. I'm excited. Yeah, I think I've at least three films on my list that are not going to make your list. So oh, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, claim. <laughs> I think so. And okay. I'm excited to see what you're going to put in those places. Okay. Okay, okay. I think it's your turn to start this week. All right, perfect. So I'm going to start my lift, 
a list of strong, and I think you do not have this film on your list. Okay. It's a strong claim. Because my number 10 spot is Titanic. Um. <laughs> okay, no, it's not on my list. I thought what, so. What, what do you mean it's a strong film? Just in terms of like you love the film? Or you mean it's a, no. it's a strong claim that I don't have it on my list? It's a strong claim that you don't have it on your list. And it's right. like a strong pick as in... It's the DiCaprio film that made him the star that he is, I think. Because it just was one of the most popular and most successful films of all time. Yeah. And Did you rewatch this? I rewatched this you did? yesterday, I think. <laughs> like what, three and a half hours? Three hours and 14 minutes. Yeah. 14. Jesus. Because <laughs> we went out shopping for Blu-rays and you saw me buy this. Because... I genuinely forgot that you bought this. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Because I want to rewatch it for this special because I thought this is one of the big DiCaprio roles. And everybody loves Titanic and everybody keeps quoting the film with I'm the king of the world, etc. And so I want to rewatch it to see how I feel about the film because the last time I saw it was ages ago. Yeah. And it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's, well, and, and, and a fine pick is going to make your DiCaprio top 10 no. list? It's it's a cute film. It's a very cute love story between the two of them. And I really like the chemistry between between the two of them. The reason why I'm not a huge fan of this film is, first of all, it's hyped to fucking high heaven. Is it, though? It, not in our generation, maybe. Right. But just from a critic's point of view or just seeing the numbers of what this movie achieved as in sheer views and dollars that it earned. Of course. It's very impressive. I think in our generation, it's not that popular, I guess. I haven't met anybody in our age group that said, like, dude, that's the best fucking love story ever. But yeah. it is a good film. I don't know. It and, is a good film, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and it's the reason I put it on this list, first of all, is just the way it was made is freaking impressive. The way it was all re- uh, remade and remodeled, like the whole Titanic that they rebuilt, kind of. On the, I mean, the whole sets and the flooding and everything. If you don't know what happens to the Titanic, I'm sorry, but you should notice it's common knowledge. It sank. And the way they did this is incredible. And I think the love stories are very sweet. The thing that I am not a huge fan of with this film is like the opening and like the ending and right. in between where they kind of start <laughs> off. And you the... didn't like the opening, the ending and what's in between. <laughs> Everything. No. You know what I mean? Though. Because it starts off the premises that it's set in the 90s and a couple of explorers go down with like a submarine to explore the titanic and find a necklace and a certain jewel and then an old woman in her i think she's over 100 years old at this point who actually was on the titanic kind of goes there and kind of still tells a story you didn't and i'm not a huge fan of that part yeah it's quite boring it's quite unnecessary and does makes kind of little sense that it do this whole freaking expedition just to find the jewel because I'm sure all of this costs more than the jewel is worth, worth. So, oh, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't say that. Well, I looked up what the most expensive piece of jewelry in the world is worth the right. Hope Diamond, it's like 330 million, right? And this expedition seems <laughs> like very expensive in the hundreds of millions. So, it's almost like the Titanic budget, <laughs> dude. It was 200 million, apparently more expensive than the real Titanic. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> All right, yeah. yeah, that's why I picked this film. It's incredibly impressive, and I don't know why I just told you about the story. I think everybody knows what the story is about. I think everybody has seen it or at least heard of it. Sure, and I think it. it, it I'm happy that you put it on the list because it sort of 
one of the most iconic DiCaprio movies and performances and sort of his breakthrough. Yeah, and I think that's just why it deserved a spot in this list. Yeah. All, All right. right. So what's your number 10? My number 10 is going to be higher on your list. Um, it's going to be sure Catch Me If You Can. It is higher. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, I'm not surprised there. What's your nine? My number nine is, once again, a film <laughs> that I think is not on Can your list. A strong <laughs> is it a strong movie? <laughs> it is a fine film. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine, well, right? We're just raving about DiCaprio's filmography, and now the first two picks of yours are just going to be fine picks? No, just the reason why, well, Titanic is because it's just a freaking impressive film in how it was made and just for what it symbolizes in DiCaprio's career and just for the whole cinema and movie history kind of thing. Right. But my number ninth pick is What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Um, yeah, that's higher for me. I mean, it's not well, a. Actually, it's, made your list. It's right? not a lot higher. Let's talk about right. it. It's my seven. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I think it's a fine film. I rewatched it like two, three days ago. I watched this yesterday for the first time. Yes. And what do you think? Well, just I didn't want to interrupt you, but do you want me to go first now? I just, I just want to know what your kind of general thoughts are about the film. Well, I was completely uh, surprised by this movie because this was one of those films I'd never seen, and I, I'd always heard how great it is. And I had no idea what it was about. And it was not until I actually watched it that I realized that DiCaprio was playing a character who, um, I, don't, I don't know what his sickness is. Do you know? Mentally handicapped, let's call it that. Yeah. I don't think they ever explain what exactly he has. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, Johnny Depp's character, he sort of says that he wishes that his brother had a new brain just because. Mm. But I, I didn't know that, though. So in the first scene... I didn't even watch the trailer. In the first scene when you see DiCaprio, like this is a this movie came out I think in 1993. So this 91. was even before or maybe that was Titanic. No, Titanic was 95. I was going to say this is just before his breakthrough in Titanic. No wait, sorry. I think Titanic was 97 actually. You're right. Titanic is 97 yeah. and but Grape is 93. All right. Then something else is 91. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Um but so this was just before his breakthrough basically or a couple of years before that and um i think he's absolutely incredible in this movie dude same that's why i put it on all my list even though i'm not a huge fan of the film it's be, a good I film loved it's it. a good film i loved it i wasn't a huge fan of like the johnny depp love story with juliet lewis film. yeah oh come on dude. her relationship with uh, dicaprio that was so sweet yeah towards the end but Apart from that, I thought it was quite boring, to be honest. I uh, did. I was. I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed this movie, and um, <laughs> he was like, he was nominated for this, dude. And he was incredibly young, and he deserved it so much. His performance is like on point. And I read somewhere that people were so surprised because he was a quite unknown actor at the time, and seeing yeah. him at the premiere and finding out that he's not actually mentally handicapped. Yeah. Well, I looked up how so well. old he was, and he was, because in the movie, he's just about turning 18. Yeah. And he was like uh, 17, 18 years old in, in real life as well when he made this. He he looks quite young, uh, yeah. I thought. He looked quite young. But, um, yeah, I just, um, I don't know, man. I This completely worked for me. And I, I think, like, because you said you, you thought some aspects of it were boring, I, I, I was just like hooked the whole time i was sort of fascinated by everything that was going on like with the with the 
obese mother too? Was that was that Dude, real? Do you know? She actually is was that obese. She died. I think that's so interesting that she would take on that role it because was, in the whole movie, it, like she's being made fun of for being uh, very overweight, and that's yeah. a big theme, big uh, plot of the story, big part of the story. Sorry, but um, yeah, yeah, I think it was actually her first and maybe only real movie role. Okay, and. What I read about her, she actually had the same thing that her character has, that she just stayed home for about five years and didn't go outside. And then That's she fascinating. started going outside and then they cast her for this film. I think maybe because she was on like a talk show or something. Right, I was going to say how did they experience. find her, yeah. I think some, something like that. And apparently some of the actors, um, actors apologized to her after each take, like DiCaprio and Depp, for making fun of her or her weight just because yeah. it felt quite bad. But see that sort of I'm I'm actually I'm getting goosebumps now. Just think about that because she is she's playing this person who is very insecure and and uh, yeah. sort of troubled by everything by like she doesn't want anyone else other than her family members to see her. But then to think that's actually like the case in real life as well, it's incredible. Yeah, and brave that she did it. Like brave yeah, that she extremely. took on the role. And just for reference, I think she was a more or a little under five hundred pounds, which is about two hundred and fifty kilograms. Which is a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I think she did a great job. I think she was a great actress Yeah, in that role. I mean, I think yeah. it's hard for her to be, would have been hard for her to find more roles where she isn't just cast as that woman. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's incredibly co- uh, cool that she did it and that they kind of showed that and didn't just use a whole lot of makeup because I think that would have made it look more, kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, especially in that time when the makeup wasn't as advanced as it is now. Yeah, sure. The, the like body suits or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, this completely like it blew me away, man. And Depp's performance I thought was really good. I'm not a big fan of Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's. I think a young Johnny Depp's pretty cool. <laughs> I was going to say yeah, done a, call, <clears throat> a whole lot of cool films. Like, well, we could go off uh, yeah. rather off that list another <laughs> time, maybe. But yeah, but just the the standout is DiCaprio for me in this. Yeah, His performance definitely. is just because it's so difficult to not like. Um, like be over the top or make it ridiculous, mm-hmm. and he just nailed it. And he he's that this very eccentric character who like who like always screams and is very tough to control and always like sort of hyperactive. And I thought it was very very poignant and beautiful in certain scenes when he was just um when he was quiet and that sort of uh it uh, I don't know how to say this but there were like some um, moments between uh, Johnny Depp's character and Juliette Lewis's character and he's just like uh, looking on and being and like is happy for his brother and uh, is sort of calm in that moment and I thought that was just uh, it was just beautifully done just because yeah. it, it seemed so out of place for him to be quiet but that's uh, just that's why <laughs> that's why they did, why they did it and it worked and I mean like you said he really was like 17 18 at the yeah. time that the film came out and he just seems so childlike like a six-year-old especially you know the scene where he's in the bathtub yes and he just seems so young and vulnerable and sweet and yeah, yeah he did a great job and i love his little mannerisms that he has with his hands like yeah. playing around on yeah, point I'm, like extremely cool i'm i was extremely impressed yeah. by his performance in this really really good Right, so yeah, that's what's eating Gilbert Grape, or that's at least Johnny Depp's. Perf- <laughs> sorry, DiCaprio's performance in it, and I think we completely missed what actually the story is about. So, it's about Johnny Depp and his family, with DiCaprio playing his brother, and the very 
obese woman playing as mother living out in the middle of nowhere i think in kentucky can not arizona i have no <laughs> You're idea. just listing any places yeah, in somewhere America. in the <laughs> south like midwest somewhere somewhere like that and him playing kind of unhappy guy <clears throat> living out in the middle of nowhere with his family that he's kind of i think maybe ashamed of or just extremely tired of yeah and then this girl coming along with her wagon i'm completely losing my voice right now wait yeah <clears throat> and with a girl coming along in like her convoy back wagon and breaking down and them getting to know getting to know each other and it's a beautiful kind of family love story drama well yeah it's and what's eating gilbert grape is sort of that what is eating him because you uh he's sort of thinking of moving away maybe yeah. like what's what's eating him what's on his mind yeah, sort of and, contemplating things that he hadn't before. Yeah, and having all this responsibility because since her his mother can't work, it's kind of fallen on him to take care of his mom and bro- brother and to go to work and uh, have all these responsibilities. Right. I mean, he has two sisters as well, but yeah. he's sort of he's the main like caretaker of DiCaprio. Yeah, caregiver, right. caretaker. He, uh, he is the one who looks after <laughs> DiCaprio's yeah. character. Yeah. All right. All right, yeah. Uh, so, th- so that was my seven, your nine. Um, so my number nine is yeah. going to be higher on your list, I'm sure. It's because we talked about it on a different special. Um, it's The Departed. Yeah, it's going to be higher, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's higher. <laughs> no surprises there. So my number eight is Gangs of New York, which I think is another film that is not on your list. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, you're right so far. It's all right, but I do like that movie. It was a, that's on my yeah. honorables list. Dude, it's a great film, and I think Would you I, say it's a fine film. <laughs> it's a very fine film. No, it, it's not a perfect film, but it's a very good film. And as I I think mentioned on the last regular episode. I love the gangster genre and all the kind of gangs and all that thing. And it is Gangs of New York and loosely based on real people and real gangs, which is very cool. Yeah. And the coolest thing is the counterpart to DiCaprio's character is Billy Butcher played... Not Billy... I think also Billy, Billy Butcher. The Butcher I think, yeah. Billy the Butcher, because Billy Butcher is also the one of the protagonists and the boys. <laughs> anyway, he's played by Daniel Day-Lewis. One of the most uh, well-acclaimed actors ever as well. And it's just a very cool story playing in the 19th century about a Irish gang and an Anglo-Saxon American kind of gang battling each other in New York. And you kind of see the whole film play out as with DiCaprio kind of being this young guy whose dad was the old leader of the Irish gang who's now kind of broken up because Bill the Butcher beat them in a fight. Right. That was Liam Neeson, at the beginning. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Played by Liam Neeson. And it's just a very cool film of him kind of becoming older and kind of wanting to take revenge for his father and yes. then kind of joining Daniel Day-Lewis's character to kind of infiltrate his gang because yes. he doesn't know who the hell he is. And I think it's both a strong performance by DiCaprio and an even stronger performance, I'm sorry, by Daniel Day-Lewis. He was just always on point with his accent, with everything. He's just freaking amazing. Yeah. And you got Cameron Diaz in there too. Yeah, and Brandon Gleeson. Yeah. Maybe, I think, John C. Riley. maybe? I'm not sure. <laughs> You're just taking a guess. I, 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 I mean, I, I, I could picture I him in this I think I setting. remember him in this, but yeah. I might be wrong. 
And obviously, this is the first um, uh, time that DiCaprio worked with uh, Martin Scorsese. That's and right. Not yeah. the last time. I mean, we're going to talk about... I mean, we talked about, for example, The Departed is also yeah. one. And I'm sure we're going to talk about uh, other ones as well. At least one more. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Gangs of New York, great film. It's also a bit older, so from the 90s, I think. Or maybe early 2000s, but I think the I think 90s. It, I, think, I think it's uh, it was 2002. very young at the time. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, Gangs of New York. <laughs> 2002, yeah. All right. Sorry, my bad. I love the uh, the U two song that is used in the end, the very last scene. That's sort of my favorite moment in the whole. Honestly, movie. Honestly, I don't even remember that. Yeah, it's a great scene. Look it up <laughs> on YouTube if you know the movie. And you like that's a bit of a spoiler, but uh, yeah, dude. great soundtrack. Yeah, dude, and cool film. I just, I think the aesthetic of how New York kind of looks it looks more like a apocalyptic Disney version. So very <laughs> a bit over the top and just very fucked up, which yeah. is very cool. Yeah, it's a good pick. I mean, as you said, and as we talked about on our last uh, episode, that's all you, that genre. I'm not the biggest fan of the of that sort of genre. And, um, Dude, yeah. that's fair, yeah. Yeah. All right, what's your number eight? My number eight is The Revenant. Is that going to be on your list? I honestly have no idea. It's it's a bit higher, but I think we can talk about it now. It's up to you. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do it now. It's my number five. Okay. So, that, wow, that's high. I, I wasn't expecting it to be that high on your list. Yeah, I rewatched it recently and right. I just saw how much work went into this film, no, how incredible. much it grabs you. And it yeah. is the film that he won his Oscar for. <laughs> yeah, maybe not as deservedly as he should have won it for a couple of other roles, maybe. Yes. I think, I for think example, Gilbert Grape would be more deserved. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody knew that he was going to win the Oscar that year just because he hadn't won one so far. And well, he just really wanted to. And the competition wasn't as good as it was when the, when he lost the yeah. couple of times that he did. Because I, I think, think he was nominated like five or six times. Yeah. And I think I looked it up. Who was who else was nominated then, that year? I, rem- I remember it without cool looking it up because I watched his speech so many times. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me off the top of your head? Well, it was uh, Matt Damon for The Martian. Mm-hmm. Which is... He should have won. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. No, no, I'm just kidding. I just love that movie. He was also very good, yeah. It was um, Brian Cranston for Trumbo. It was um, Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs. And it was Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl. Right. I genuinely hope that that is true. I mean... <laughs> I might, there might be I'm some mistakes sure. in there. I'm not sure about Dalton Trumbo, but could be. I think But so. I'm very sure about uh, The Martian and uh, Danish Girl, because I think I looked it up as well a couple of days ago. Yeah. And I think maybe Danish Girl was up there, just the performance. I know you weren't a fan of the film, but... No, no, and um, I also think that it, it, it might have sounded like I didn't think he uh, deserved to win it for that movie. I thought he deserved, like DiCaprio absolutely deserved to win it. I just think he should have won it earlier. And he ha- he has been, like, other movies that he made or other roles he played were even better than uh, his role in The Revenant. I mean, he plays it very well, just... It's just a very minimalistic kind of performance because he talks so little. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I was going to say that I was going to um, um, mention this because I read that or I heard it in an interview when I when the movie came out and it sort of stuck with me because the interview asked a very very good question and he asked them um, DiCaprio and Tom Hardy, who is his counterpart in the movie, um, if they were like because the whole movie is shot in real conditions, like in. Like practically, there's no like CGI, no no green screens. They were like seeking out this these snowy landscapes, and um, 
it was all shot like with natural light as well. Yeah. No, um, like w- w- no uh, artificial light. No, thank you. No artificial light. Except for one scene. I okay. read. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know that. But it's just beautifully shot the movie. Yeah. Um, by Lu- Manuel Lubeski, who we talked yeah. about before as well. And he also won the Oscar for best cinematography. Yeah. And very much deserved. Best director too. For yeah, could be, yeah. Yeah. And did he win best movie too? I don't think so, no. Um, but I was going to say, um, shit, what, what was I going to say? Oh, he asked the question if the if the actors were acting or if they were actually like more reacting <laughs> to everything mm-hmm. that was going on because they were sort of like put into these real conditions and um, shit is happening around them and they're sort of like reacting more than acting. I thought that was very, very interesting and uh, probably accurate. Yeah, I mean, I heard the scene where he eats like the piece of buffalo heart oh, of flesh. Yeah. Yeah. He actually ate it. Yep. Which, well, <laughs> there's not a lot of, well, performance, just genuine disgust. <laughs> yeah. But there's yeah. like so many great scenes, like the bear fighting scene is sort of the most yeah. iconic one. And um, I, mean, I mean, could you say, could you, could you like explain what that movie is about? It's been, yeah. I haven't seen it I since I just want the, to ask the you theaters. the same thing. Yeah, I haven't seen it since uh, it came out. So, well, uh, the you Revenant, saw it more recently. <laughs> well, The Revenant is quite a simple story about, it's the early 19th century and DiCaprio's character and Tom Hardy's character and others are out there kind of looking for pelts to collect. And DiCaprio has his little son with him, who is part Native American. And when they're out there, they get attacked by Native Americans and they have to flee. And while they flee uh, on the way back, DiCaprio's character becomes injured by a bear attack and kind of gets left for that. And Tom Hardy's character does some horrible shit. So DiCaprio's kind of job is throughout the film to get revenge and to kind of crawl back to where the others went because he's extremely injured, close to death. And like the first hour and a half the film of like two and a half hour long film, it's just him starting to kind of finally get back to his feet Mm -hmm. and tending to his wounds and being driven like a madman to find Tom Hardy's character. And it's incredibly well done, as we talked about, because, yeah, it's all kind of taking place somewhere in the northern part of the US, I think in Utah, I'm not sure, <laughs> during the winter. And I don't know. Yeah, they shot it in the, in the mountains, and it's just him trying to survive with all his will. And it's so well done. And It is. Yeah. And just check like, it out. The one thing that sort of bothered me was he has like these visions mm-hmm. throughout his journey, these spiritual visions. And um, do you remember when we talked about this on, on Harriet too, uh, on one of our earlier podcast episodes? In Harriet, yeah. in the movie, same things sort of happen where people have like visual uh, or like spiritual vis- visions throughout their journeys. And that's just sort of, um, that always uh, <laughs> takes me out of the moment a little bit. <laughs> but other than that, it's an incredibly impressive piece of filmmaking, uh, The Revenant. It's really like, and well, the reason I, I didn't necessarily want to rewatch it because it's such a, it's such a, it takes it takes something out of you to watch this. It's not an easy watch by any means, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it depicts sort of the horrors of that uh, time and, and his journey uh, pretty well. Dude, definitely, and I think the first time I watched it, I had a better experience just because it was so overwhelming to see all of this, especially in the cinema. Yeah, where it's like 
crystal clear image with this amazing sound and you just see these beautiful pictures of nature and but i i had to rewatch it because i thought dude is it actually as good as i remember it and it's still an incredible movie yeah but yeah the first time is the charm with this one yeah all right what's your uh oh no sorry that was so that was my um eight eight yeah revenant what's your seven my seven is probably gonna be higher up for you i, mean, <laughs> I love how you, was... you anticipate everything perfectly this is, you're gonna, i'm <laughs> sure you're gonna be right what's eating gilbert grape was your number seven that's so right it's not gonna be your seven i think it's gonna be in like your top five probably <laughs> it's inception wow that's your seven yeah that Dude, is higher for me cool films on this list yeah i'm just yeah that's higher yeah. for me yeah all right so what's your numbers my oh, seven sorry, was gilbert grape so yeah what's all right your six my number six is django unchained that is my number four all right you want to talk about it now yeah let's do it all right yeah i mean the reason i have for example django higher than inception is his performance is just amazing and there are those little moments when you kind of read up on it uh, that were completely improvised by where he shatters the the glass yeah bleeds yeah yeah and smears all over the other actress's face yeah without her consent which is kind of weird but yeah it's acting (laughs) i didn't know that okay yeah I, i just thought it was supposed to. Oh, interesting! See, I didn't know that. I, 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 I always thought it was an accident that his hand uh, started bleeding, but then obviously it, was, it, it was. wasn't planned that she that he smeared it on her face. Yeah, sure. Yeah, as well. Yeah, and that's why she looks quite shocked in that moment. I think. Yeah. But yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, context. <laughs> yeah, context. Right. It's a great western by Quentin Tarantino. I think everybody's heard about it, and I'm gonna let you tell the story. Well, thank you. What it is about? Thank you. Well, um, Django Unchained, Jamie Foxx's character, he plays a, a slave who is um, rescued, or based not rescued, but bought um, by uh, Christoph Waltz, Austrian pride, <laughs> the guy who uh, um, obviously worked with Tarantino before in Inglorious Bastards and um, then did so again uh, in Django Unchained. And uh, yeah, he rescues Jamie Foxx's character and then together, obviously Christoph Waltz's character, he is a bounty hunter. He kills people for uh, a reward. And then he... Um, huh? What was his name? It was King Schultz. Dr. <laughs> King Schultz. Great name. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Um, and then he sort of um, recruits Jamie Foxx's character to be a bounty hunter with him. Because Jamie Foxx, he wants to um, be reunited with his wife, played by Kerry uh, Washington. She has, like I think, Brunhilde. I think that's her name. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And um, he wants to uh, find her. And Christoph Waltz, um, his character, sort of helps him track down the plantation where she's being held. And uh, who would have thought it is on DiCaprio's plantation uh, where um, she's being kept? And DiCaprio plays Calvin Candy, one of the most despicable human beings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what an iconic character this guy is. Dude, extremely, yeah. (laughs) Uh, just an absolute piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, like the, I don't want to say like the typical slave owner you see in movies because it's not typical no, because it's sort of elevated. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, their paths sort of um, obviously end up intertwining with each other, and then um, like he also had like a, like Sam Jackson plays his um, I don't know what he is the house slave kind of his. Phew. His top slave? I don't know. He's I like, I don't know. Yeah, it's such. It's a weird con- uh, like yeah. weird 
constellation of uh that's not a word constellation is german uh it's a weird um like relationship they have because he is a, a black man who works for dicaprio but at the same time he talks down on every other black person that is there like like sam jackson's character is just as despicable as uh, as is dicaprio's dude he's extremely racist as well steven is it steven i think isn't it hercules it's definitely not hercules no sorry he makes a joke about hercules with jamie fox's character sorry yeah <laughs> i think it's i think it's steven maybe um but yeah i mean it's just an incredible movie with one of the one of the best soundtracks and i'm not talking score because tarantino rarely yeah. uses score he always like uses uh, actual songs um this soundtrack is so good uh, and i it's interesting because i will i rewatched this movie for the first time like a couple of months ago and i had heard i'd listened to the soundtrack so many times over the years so this was the first time where i watched the movie and knew every single song and that sort of elevated the whole experience for me even more this is just an incredible movie with um i mean gore uh, galore as per usual but also with some hilarious moments and uh, uh yeah just everyone on top of their game yeah i mean about the soundtrack i think it's too good because everybody started listening to all of the songs, so I can't hear them anymore. I'm so <laughs> sick of them at times. It's a fair point, yeah. Oh, but they're still, uh, they're so good. They're still great. In the context of the film, they're great. Yeah. But if I see it out in the wild, if I hear them, yeah. I'm more put off than turned on. Oh, come on. <laughs> usually, usually I'm very turned on. I by know, the soundtrack. yeah. I know. <laughs> it's Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, one of the best soundtracks. Yeah. Oh, I would argue there. that Django is one of his best. It's yeah. It's I guess more original. So that's kind of cool. I don't. Yeah, because you, you know original? a whole lot of the songs from like, right. uh, Reservoir Dogs. Oh, you made, but then I, again, he made them known. I guess more popular. Yeah, which is kind of his true. thing. He seeks out classics, especially in his older films, and makes them popular again just by playing them in his films. Dude, and, it, if you get played in a Tarantino film, like if your s- song is added to a Tarantino film, you you're set for life. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But. Yeah, it's a cool film, like you said, and his performance is so cool because he's this over-the-top bad guy, and he rarely plays the bad guy, if yeah. ever. Yeah, which makes it so cool. And like we talked about, or I talked about with the Adam McKay film, that I find it great that he does comedy because his role also in Django, even though he's so despicable at times, yeah, it's very funny because it's so over-the-top. It he's is. like from a comic book or something like that. Yeah, which makes it funny and disturbing at the same time which makes it even cooler when he kind of breaks his he is very funny and stupid and over the top like fucking willy wonka or something yeah but all of a sudden he kind of snaps and becomes fucking crazy which makes it so freaking cool to watch him yeah it's sort of like he he, he perfectly encapsulates that 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 frail mind he has of like a, yeah. a, a deranged person like he's super happy that one moment but then one thing happens that ticks him off and he just completely loses his shit and that was the scene that we talked about he slams like his Mm. hand down at the table or his fist and he actually like injured his hand and he just kept going in the take uh, with all the like smeared blood all over his um all and all over the other actors apparently as well i don't remember that scene uh, i uh, I think there's one actress portraying one of his house slaves and he kind of just walks up to her and kind of touches her face and she has a whole of blood on her face all of a sudden yeah quite a shocked look on her face yeah but that that whole like dinner scene also has some like tarantino 
he knows how to write dialogue and there's some yeah s- there's so many like funny lines in there like really laugh out loud funny i uh and it's obviously <laughs> the whole movie is not funny but because it's, it deals with horrendous like horrific subjects but um he always manages to sort of sneak in a little bit of humor dude, which makes the sure. movie so uh enjoyable i guess yeah dude i've that is why he is like one of the top directors out there and everybody kind of looks forward to a Tarantino release. I think everybody I know who is not put off by a whole lot of violence just quotes Tarantino or just sees uh, him as one of the best directors working today and I see why. Just his movies are fun and disturbing at the same time which in a kind of perverse way make them so enjoyable. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about another one of his movies a bit later on. <laughs> yeah, and I'm excited to do that. So that was my number six. What's yours number six? Um, let's see. Uh, my number six is Shutter Island. I know it's not going to make your list. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this. I can't believe you don't like that movie. I don't think it's bad. Okay. It's just not my movie there are a couple of issues that i have with it that just don't work for me interesting Uh, yeah i love that movie man and it it only made number six because uh he yeah he's got so many great movies but yeah i think i'm very much in the minority with my opinion on shutter island i think pretty much everybody i know like loves shutter island and when i when i talk about dicaprio with people like the two films that get mentioned the most are probably shutter island and Inception. Okay. I think. Yeah. That's what I kind of remember from talking with people. Yeah. And fair enough. It's I see the appeal. It's just not my film. I just love it. I, I love a good mystery. And yeah. uh, then with uh, a stellar cast on a secluded location, like on this island, this island for where there's like a prison for the uh, for uh, mentally unstable people or... Uh, well, it's a criminally insane. Criminal. Thank you. Thank you. The criminally insane... And um, yeah, they're just DiCaprio plays like a detective. I think it's Teddy Daniels, his name is, mm-hmm. and alongside his um, uh, his partner, played by Mark Ruffalo, they're sort of investigating the disappearance of Rachel, one of the inmates on Shutter Island. And dude, again, with the names, did you look this up before you started? I rewatched this uh, a right. couple of weeks dude, ago, dude. I did as well, but yeah. I don't remember a single name. It's funny because. <laughs> I, I hope you believe when I say this. Rachel, actually, I, I remember that name because um, she's played by two different actresses. And there's like, Ooh. I remember watch, looking this up on the um, uh, on IMDb and it sort of says like Rachel 1 and Rachel 2. And that sort of stuck with me. Is she actually played by three actresses maybe? Is she? I don't know. See, is she? Just watch the film if you don't know what we're talking I, about. I didn't, I didn't rewatch it completely. <laughs> Like I, right. I only rewatched well, like the first hour and a, and a half or hour and 20 minutes or something. I gotta say, I think the latter half, well, the ending is the best thing about this film. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think the, the beginning is the best, the middle I don't like, and then the ending was great, great again. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the ending, it just, uh, it completely worked for me. And that yeah. is, uh, like, usually these types of endings, and I'm not going to say it now because I don't want to spoil it, but usually they don't work for me because they're like obvious you sort of the okay yeah i i expected that but with this one um because so many weird things are happening throughout the whole movie and people are looking at dicaprio's character weird in a weird way and he ha- keeps having these flashbacks uh like w- where where he, where he was in the war and um 
it's just all sort of it, it makes sense at the end uh, and uh, I love it man I, this really works for me and the whole like setting it just like pours rain the whole time which you know I love it's just like a mood that movie you can just turn <laughs> it on and it just uh, makes me feel cozy and, and uh, yeah cozy it, I that it. film I, it does rain makes me feel cozy dude yeah um, rain is great yeah I love that movie man Dude, I I kind of get it. I just like I said, I don't like the middle part. And towards towards the ending, there are a couple of things that are revealed, and I don't like how they're revealed. Right. And some couple of the performances, I'm not a huge fan of. I do love DiCaprio in this, and I really liked Michelle Williams in this because I'm just a fan of hers. Yes. And yeah, but like I said, a couple of things that I felt kind of off for me. Yeah. Which why this film didn't work for me, but yeah. Ben, like King, said, ben Kingsley is, is good as well in this. As the, he's uh, cool, yeah. And I really like, uh, sorry, what's his name from uh, John Carroll Lynch? Oh. Also great, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's not the guy you mean. No, no, uh, the guy who plays the German. He, uh, he's got a, uh, a, a, he's from Netherlands, so he's got a Netherlandian oh, name. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Fun. I, just, I never know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, Elias. Max no, no. Oh, you mean Max von Sydow. Yeah, isn't that him? Or well, he just... plays. <laughs> we're all, all over the place now. Well, he plays. Um, he's a colleague of of Ben Kingsley's yeah, character. Right. But then but that's there's him, this. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but then there's also this guy, um, Latus, the guy that DiCaprio's character sort of has a history with. Uh, like, we find. Yeah. Like, right. 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 Yeah. And he's that's played by a German too. I think his name is Elias. I never know how to pronounce his name. Critkoitias. <laughs> <laughs> Koteas, uh, no Elias Koteas. I think uh, is he, maybe he. No, he's not German. I'm all over the place. He's not German. He just has a German name. <laughs> all right, <laughs> Elias Koteas. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, whatever. Let's anyway. talk about a different movie. What's your number uh, six? We just talked about my number six. My number six was Django. I'm sorry. What's your five? My five is Revenant. We talked about this already. <laughs> so we're at number your five. It's my five. All right. One of my favorites. I, my number five is the quick and the dead. <laughs> I watched this for the podcast oh, yeah. about a week ago, more than a week ago. Yeah, and I didn't like it at all. <laughs> what? You what, go what, ahead. What's wrong with you? Uh, How can you not like that this? movie? It is so over the top. It is <laughs> so hysterical. It is hysterical, but for the wrong reason. It's so no, it's, it's, it's supposed to be. Yeah, but it, every yeah, it's supposed to be. It is, it is. so good. It's done by <laughs> Sam Raimi. Yeah, Sam Raimi, sorry. who's most mostly known for his Spider-Man movies. He's the one who did the first three, like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. But if you look into his filmography, this dude has made some incredible movies. Dude, and, Evil Dead. Well, Evil Dead, yes, but there's like his smaller movies, like The Gift, or um. What's that movie called? Uh, um, um, shit. Uh, Dark Man. Also good. But a Didn't Simple Plan. A Simple Plan. That's great. And, no idea. Uh, the Quick and the Dead is my favorite Sam Raimi movie. Really? It is. I love that movie, man. Dude. What a surprise. I mean, I knew that you liked it, but since it didn't show up in like your top five, I didn't think it would make another appearance. What do you mean? It, it is in my top five. Uh, sorry, I mean from 10 to 6, I mean. Okay. Yeah. Well, The Quick and the Dead, it's like a Western cowboy film. And it, it it's set in 1881. And Sharon Stone plays like a gunslinger outlaw character who enters the town 
that is uh, ruled by Gene Hackman's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, like, in that town, there's like a gun shoot-off tor- tournament going on or plan that they're planning to do it soon. And Sharon Stone enters that competition because she wants the money too. Russell Crowe is in this as a priest who, or preacher who's held hostage by uh, Gene Hackman's character. And he's sort of forced to p- participate in that uh, gun tournament as well. And then uh, DiCaprio, who is, um, the, I think, the son of Gene Hackman's character, or he thinks he's the son. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I don't remember this. I looked it up on, on Wikipedia. It gets and it, revealed later in the film. I see, think. I already forgot. So. You, you watched... I, I haven't seen this in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, but he plays like this gun uh, aficionado <laughs> who... Uh, I think sure, he, yeah. he's like at a gun shop, no? Yeah, he does, yeah. And um, this is higher for my list, not necessarily because of DiCaprio. He does have a smaller part in this because it's more like Sharon Stone and, and Gene Hackman and, and uh, Russell Crowe. But I just had to put this high because it's such a fun time. I really love this movie, man. Dude, I mean, yeah, I mean, just like you said, amazing cast. I mean, what, what, what did you think of the movie then? As far as all right, what did is, you expect? This is fine. <laughs> no, a, a better western. <laughs> well, it's a Sam Raimi western where people have a, like they have like a weird gun tournament and they like sure, but it just towards the end, so many things that made zero sense. Just one thing that really ticked me off in the beginning was like when they announced the prize money for this, and it's like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay. That Which is just ridiculous. Then I looked yeah, it up. That's the movie. The movie's ridiculous. Yeah, but like if you kind of compare this with today's money, it's like in the tens of millions of dollars. Of course. It's maybe like close to 100 million. It's a Sam Raimi film. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. And there's just towards the ending, this. I mean, I, I love Evil Dead just because it's so over the top and ridic- ridiculous. Well, there you it's go. Great. There you go. But it, it worked for that genre, and you kind of see how ridiculous it is. But then towards the end, some. Like somebody gets shot through their chest. Yes. It just makes this huge fucking hole. With like yes. The, what are you just, talking about? It's this kind is of great. funny. Again. No, it's just the action scenes were kind of boring. I thought it was just like, I don't know, everybody's being cool and shooting. It has no had no stakes for me. And like Russell Crowe's character was so boring. Oh my God. I don't know. My God. What's your number five? <laughs> what, no, my, what's your number four? My number four, dude, I had a whole trouble deciding what my four, three, and two are going to be. Right. And now I I have something at my number four spot, and I'm not sure if I want to keep it there. Brilliant. (laughs) So how about a five-minute intermission? (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) Dude, all right, I'm just going to pick this as my number four. It's not set in stone. Maybe I'm going to change it in my mind a week later, just so you know how I kind of feel about those films. But my number four is the film that I finished. Well, now it's about over an hour ago. And it's a long one. That's why it took me quite some time. It's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I know it's on your list. It's my three. All right, so we can talk about it now. Sure. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the newest Quentin Tarantino film, which we talked about before when we talked about Brad Pitt's best, uh, the best thing that we've seen from him. Because the reason why we picked Brad Pitt as our first special episode person actor yeah is because he just won the actor for best support uh, the oscar for best supporting actor very much well deserved yes and she welch just very much deserved an oscar for this was dicaprio yes 
because he plays an actor, as an actor of course, in the 1960s, at the time of the Manson murders, or a little before that, around yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah. And he is so incredibly good in this because he just plays this actor who is kind of at the end of his career and looks kind of for a revi- revival of his career and tries to do a couple of roles. And there's this one scene where he acts in a pilot for a Western show. Yes. And he is so great because he sucks so much at the beginning. And you see him losing his shit because he's so bad and forgetting his lines and then kind of getting his shit back together and laying down a performance that is in itself just Oscar worthy. 100%. And that is why I had to pick it up, uh, pick it uh, as, at such a high spot. I, at first, I wanted to pick it as my number two spot. I was like, maybe that's a bit much. Maybe just kind of excited because I just rewatched it. But he's so good and sorry. Just one, f- or no, sorry. I just want to. You talk about the film for a second. I, <laughs> What's going on with you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just want to. I wrote down a quote while I was watching the film. Please. And I wanted to read it out loud, but then I just realized that it's a huge spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, then you should do it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll just read it out and give a small spoiler warning for like 10 seconds. Okay. But anyway, you go ahead. You talk about the film. I mean, you have it on your number three spot, which is very high as well. Well, I kind of feel like that his performance is underrated in this just because everyone was talking about Brad Pitt's performance. Yeah. Rightfully so. And I was happy to see him win the Oscar for it. But as you said, I think this is one of DiCaprio's best performances of all time. I really do. And... um, he goes from like desperation to being funny at other times to being like this sad uh, actor who feel like who feels like his uh, career is over, and then also like a couple of scenes later, he has one of the most badass scenes, uh, mm-hmm. like towards the end of the movie, just him picking up uh, a, a, like a, a supply. What's the th- a, a utility? No, what's the? Um, I don't want to say what it is. Him picking up a um, a machine of death. no but just the way like uh, an appliance isn't that it i wouldn't call that an appliance a can opener is an appliance well he sort of emerges uh in a very epic fashion towards the end of the film uh by his pool where the whole audience uh erupted in the cinema back when we actually uh, were able to go to a cinema with a packed audience um, and I know it did when you saw it and it did when I saw it. It's just such an epic moment. Uh, and, and once again, Tarantino sorry. just nailing his uh, endings. And dude, if we can just talk about this, that scene, that scene before it without revealing anything. Like I said, I just rewatched this. <laughs> yeah. And remember when we watched this, if anybody watched the film, you know what happens toward the ending. And everybody started laughing in, in the cinema because it's kind of this over-the-top kind of scene and... It shouldn't be funny, but it is hilarious it just is the way their Tarantino shot it. And I just watched this, and I've seen it before, and I'm alone at home, <laughs> and I still laughed out loud. Yeah. Like, I was in a packed cinema. Just it was. I rarely laugh out loud uh, at home when I'm alone. Ever. <laughs> yeah, people rarely do that, you know? Yeah. Laugh out loud when nobody's around. But I had to laugh so fucking hard. It I get it. It's just brilliant. I get it. And one interesting thing about this movie is as well, because I talked with a lot of people about this, I think if you know what, like, because obviously um, uh, Sharon Tate, right? That's her name. Played by Margot Robbie. And if you know 
Sharon Tate's story in real life, you yeah. sort of go into the movie with certain expectations. And I talked to a lot of people who didn't know Sharon Tate's story. Mm. And for them, it sort of, they didn't, yeah, exactly. But I think if you know what happens and then you get Tarantino, you get how Tarantino plays with your expectations, I think it just sort of, uh, uh, it makes the movie a lot better if you know that going in. Yeah, um, yeah. so please look up Charles Manson, the Manson family and the Manson murders. Yeah, It just makes the film a whole lot better. It's interesting because I, I, I know people that don't like the way Tarantino took liberties and changed things because it's sort of um, maybe not the most um, adequate thing to do. Thing. Right, yeah. respectful thing to do. But then again, it is called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It is a fairy tale of some sort. And yeah. I think there's some liberties that are there. To, like I think it's okay for an artist for a filmmaker to take certain liberties and uh yeah for me it worked completely and as i said he sort of he plays with your expectations and um i love i love the way he did it yeah so dude definitely check it out it's like i said once upon a time in hollywood with so dicaprio good, in the leading role playing rick dalton yeah with his best friend and employee who is also a stuntman cliff booth played by brad pitt see i know some names too i know and amazing film Check Did you it just out. Google them? <laughs> no, I just watched the film. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, great movie. Yeah, um, I was surprised as to how great this movie was. I really was. And it is a long one. It's two hours and fifty minutes. So, but it's it flies by honestly. All right, what's your number four? Well, my four was Django. Right. So, so it's back we're to you. Back at number three, dude. I feel like I'm doing so much of talking today, but. Just, I guess, how we kind of set up the discussion. Yeah. But, all right. My number three is a film that you mentioned before yeah. on your eight, nine. I'm not Dude, sure. I know your top three now. That's crazy. Like, my first two, like, ten and nine, you still haven't mentioned. So, it's going to be, they're going to be in your, in your top three. It's good films. What can I say? Wow. Dude, my number three is Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, there you go. My number ten. I'm yeah. surprised. As well. Wow, that's, that's remarkably high. Dude, I... That's the film that I kind of learned about DiCaprio, I guess. Okay. I mean, at the time this film came out in like the early 2000s, I was a small child. Yes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't about to watch Gangs of New York at that age. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to. And yeah, dude, Catch Me If You Can is one of those films that I watched with my family a whole lot. And I remember my brothers loving it, my mom loving it. And it's just a great film. And I, it just, it has so much fun and joy in it if this kind of adventure and it's a Spielberg film and he has this ability to make those kind of sweet and emotional and close films which I don't know there's, there's this certain Spielberg feel just from the soundtrack that he picks and how he kind of depicts the story yes I agree <clears throat> sorry and this film just stuck with me and I haven't seen it in quite a while and I was wondering if it's still gonna have this much this much impact after so many years and if it's still going to be a good film. So I watched it about two, three days ago and it's still amazing. I had so much fun with it and I mean, I guess a whole lot of it was nostalgia but sure. it's such a cool and interesting story and just his relationship with Tom Hanks is so cool yeah. and so sweet and if you don't know what the film is about, it's about 
Frank Abagnale Jr. You definitely a... wrote that down. You definitely no, wrote I didn't. That down. <laughs> I was again, gonna, I was gonna, I was ready to pounce there because I remember that name because I, we actually talked about him in school. Yeah, and I said the uh, the wrong name at one uh, at one point. I didn't say oh, yes. Abagnale. No, that, that was a, that was on a trivia night that we had. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah, I remember. and. So I watched the film again and now I remembered it and I googled the guy later yeah. on. That's why I also remember it. It's it's a guy who before his nineteenth birthday or something like that, he managed to forge a couple of million dollars worth of checks and pose as an airline pilot, a doctor, a lawyer, and whatever else. And this is not a spoiler, they opened the film with this of with him starring on a game show where they have to guess who is the real Frank Abagnale. And yeah. I actually watched the episode where he started. It's very <laughs> interesting. And yeah, he's pretty much a, a forger and a bit of a con artist. Right. And he does it so well. And he's supposed to be very young in this film. I guess he's like 24 in real mm-hmm. life at that point. But he has quite a young face. And he's great. And I love him and his relationship with his dad, played by Christopher Walken. Well, he, this movie was released in 2002. So yeah. he was 20. Seven, twenty-eight, twenty-seven. Right, yeah. sorry, but yeah, he just still seemed quite young. I mean, you do see quite a difference in his appearance from like Gilbert Grape. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, we well, there's a couple of years. That. I mean, there's like two thousand two to like ninety-three, so it's nine years. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then it's sort of like a cat and mouse game, right? Tom Hanks sort of tries, yeah. he tries to catch uh, Di- DiCaprio's character. Frank, yeah, that's right, because he's the FBI agent who is task with catching him because he forged a whole lot of checks and we What's talked ha- about this film sorry 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 go on no i just wanted to mention um that we talked about the film before in our amy adams special and yes. i think i didn't put it as high there especially because amy adams's role isn't that big yeah but it's very sweet and i do love her appearance in this and i do remember her very well from my childhood just her character stayed in my mind and it is very <laughs> sweet how they kind of meet and that's where you fell in love with her. A bit, yeah. <laughs> What's Tom Hanks' character's name? Is it like Hank? Um, no, it's not Hanready or something. Yeah, it's something Hanready. Dude, you're right. Not bad. It's it... John Hanready. Is it John? Carl. Carl. Yeah, Carl. Of course. I looked it up now. The Carl. The Carl bit. I looked up. Right. I don't remember walking in this. It's been a while since I've seen this, but I remember yeah, Martin Sheen. He's like he's... Martin Sheen plays Amy Adams as that. Yep. 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 Because I remember them like sneaking around around the house. Yeah, and I think he like doesn't DiCaprio like uh, exit through a window at one point. He does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't love this as much as you. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it. That must that might be the the reason why. Um, but it, I mean, it, it made my top ten list. It's it's a it's a great fun um, Spielberg movie, as you said, and I completely agree with the with that Spielberg feel that you talked about. He uh, manages to sort of always make his movies uh, an easy watch. Yeah, and I think once again, this is kind of a film that I think most people have seen that I've talked to. Yeah, it could be. But if you haven't, check out Catch Me If You Can. I think it's on Netflix right now, pretty sure. Okay. And it's definitely worth checking out if you haven't already. So that was, that was that's your three, right? That's my three. So wow. what's your three? Well, my three was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's my turn once again. Yeah. Dude, I feel like... <laughs> All right. All right, my number... Two is pro. All right, now I know what's your one and two. 
Now yes. I'm trying to figure out w- which is which, but I think my two is your one, but I'm just going to go out and say it. My two is, is Wolf of Wall Street. I, your number one is... Are you kidding me? You know how much I love this film. I, I do. Well, what, so sorry. Your two was Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. That is the best thing I've seen from... I thought so, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. Fair enough, dude. By, um, yeah. Like, it wasn't even... A, it wasn't even... Uh, like, it took me like a second. <laughs> How do you want to do fair this? enough. Let's I talk mean, about it now. Let's do it. All right. So, dude, it's your number one. It's your best thing from DiCaprio. You lead the way. Well, it's just it's just him at his absolute best. I think this is the movie that he should have won the Oscar for. There's no question about it. And um, I think he lost um, to... Who did he lose to? I have no idea. I was just thinking about the same thing. Um, um, I remember. Oh gosh, hmm. wasn't it Eddie Redmayne as well for like for theory, theory of, of everything? everything? I think could so. Very, could very well be. Yeah. Dude, Can you look this up while I case, talk? Yeah. Yeah. I think he should have won. I but think yeah, so. You go ahead. I mean, I think once again, this is one of those movies that most people have seen, and I'm, I certainly hope they did. And it's also like a Martin Scorsese. Um, a directed movie so one of the many times that they've worked together and it's just it's my favorite scorsese film it's my favorite dicaprio film it is three hours of absolute chaos but somehow basically everything that's happening on screen is real or it was real is based mm-hmm. on reality um it's the movie that uh, sort of made margot robbie uh, margot robbie that was her breakthrough um and just DiCaprio playing Jordan Belfort, the guy, a broker on Wall Street. You sort of see him coming up. You sort of see him starting off on Wall Street um, where DiCap- where uh, he meets Matthew McConaughey's character who hums at a dinner or at a lunch table for feels like an eternity. That whole scene Very is iconic. iconic scene. Yeah, it is Definitely. iconic. I want to I study that scene to be able to like reenact it because <laughs> Matthew McConaughey is brilliant in that scene he only has like a few other scenes in the movie but that was sort of his main um scene and he he's it's i I don't want like the whole thing like uh uh how many times you masturbate a day (laughs) i I, I thought about like how he how he starts uh, like asking that question because it's like you got to know two things on wall street and then one one Mm. one thing is like cocaine you got to do cocaine with the other things like yeah yeah you jerk off yeah what (laughs) <laughs> uh, you jerk off yeah 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 sure 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 jerk off yeah <laughs> how many times do you do it <laughs> oh, I do that three three four three four times a week yeah. oh those are rookie numbers in that bracket <laughs> something like that and those are rookie numbers in that bracket I love him saying that so, me I personally I do it at least twice a day <laughs> I love the I love that moment but um, I mean the humming scene I yeah at least once a year, I do it myself or somebody else that is, does it. When we were in uh, away in Styria for a little vacation that we talked about, yeah, uh, me and a friend of ours, Steve, and a couple of others went for a walk. And at some point, we, he also started doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what. <laughs> it started this, but it just happens at some point naturally. It's so iconic, like you said. But the, just... DiCaprio's reaction to it because McConaughey's sort of like do it with me do it with me mm-hmm. just the way he does it is so pinpoint like perfect because he looks around as like checking if anyone's noticing what, what's happening here like is this normal but then he doesn't want to disappoint him and then he just goes along with it and then McConaughey starts rapping over it basically <laughs> 
great scene and, and that's just in the first like 30 minutes i just want to say the same thing yeah that's just the beginning and there's so many cool things that happen and yeah and usually like i don't like these three hour movies but i th- i think i figured out why that doesn't apply to wolf of wall street because this movie has so many memorable scenes and you just basically because when i watch a movie that i have seen before and that i like i'm sort of looking forward to my favorite scenes and I'm like, okay, yeah, soon there's going to be my favorite scene. With Wolf of Wall Street, that happens every scene. I'm like, there's <laughs> yeah. so many scenes and it's just scene after scene after scene and then the movie ends. It's just iconic scene after another. And we could go through them now, but there's like, as I, I just said, just, just the whole movie. Scene. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, to, yeah. And that, I mean, DiCaprio, he can do like his, um, his whole body can act well, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Not just his face. Maybe he contorts himself. Maybe he wasn't acting, just reacting once again. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but <laughs> what do you think he was actually on Quaaludes? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> the method actor that he is, yeah. But uh, yet, and you just mentioned that it's not a three-hour film. And dude, his films are incredibly long, I noticed. Like yeah. Django, Revenant, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wolf Wall Street are, are like close to three hours. Titanic is over three hours. Then you have like Catch Me Vianna's 2.30 even very few of his films are under two hours maybe well, what's eating gilbert grape is maybe the only one well maybe and i'm the, not so sure about that one sorry the directors just have too much good material when they work with dicaprio i'm sure they do <laughs> maybe that's everything the reason is gold why. yeah and i looked it up and he lost to matthew mcconaughey for dallas bias oh, club and i think it. that's an outrage because i think he's way better in wolf of wall street than i mean mcconaughey mcconaughey is great in dallas bias club but wolf of wall street is so much more memorable and great and yeah that's right I'm, i mixed that up i think he lost to eddie redmayne the year after maybe uh, wasn't the next film already revenant in 2016 the oscars maybe he did did he not lose to red what so let's look it up because i want to know this now yeah redmayne won for theory of everything and yeah. that was when 2015 maybe. 15 like the film I, I think i'm not sure um well, you look up the cabri i'll look up eddie redmayne the fear of having came out 2015 and so i guess he won 2016 yeah no sorry sorry i confused it with danish girl the film came out in 2014 and he won in 2015 the 2015 year uh the oscars of 2015 i'm i I, i'm completely wrong he dicaprio wasn't nominated that year i mixed that i mixed that up anyway anyway still good film yeah i mean uh what do you think about it dude like you said i agree with everything you said i couldn't have said it better just with every scene being memorable and you kind of yeah you have one scene after another and i you just remember them when you've seen like the cinema or your first watch yeah and you're so excited for what's about to happen because in pretty much every scene they have such great lines with like rob reiner i think playing his dad i was just gonna say he's so good man yeah and with him talking about uh, the camera mentioned, dude, there are no shaved everywhere. What everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> I love that whole scene where, like, they're in the office and then the dad storms in with the bills, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh no, no, he's coming in. Let's pretend we're actually like doing something productive." <laughs> and like, I don't know the number now, like twenty thousand dollars for a dinner or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was. A... <laughs> I can't, can't recite it. It's just, it's a great scene, dude. I agree, and I agree with this probably being his best performance maybe once upon a time kind of rivaling it just because he's like an actor and his acting scene in that one is just amazing 
Yeah. But yeah, with Wall Street, you kind of also this great character development with him being quite shy and unsure and then kind of getting into drugs and being fucking insane and yeah. drunk on power Insanity and money. Insanity happens in that movie. Yeah, which is just fucking amazing. Yeah. And if you if you know uh, if you know the film uh, maybe a, a little nice insight the, at the very in the very last scene and this is not going to be a spoiler but there's a um, um, a person like a moderator who uh, introduces Jordan Belfort at the end and the moderator is actually the real Jordan Belfort. So that's, that's kind cool. of a nice uh, easter egg that Scorsese uh, included in the film. So and I uh, think the guy who actually went through all that shit is also in the movie. And I think what's also very cool about this film is because this, or maybe it was Moneyball, and don't know which one came first, kind of made J- uh, Jonah Hill into more of a respected drama actor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, he's quite funny as well in this film, but yeah, he has a way more serious role than he did, like, in, I don't know, Super Bad in one of his, some of his earlier roles. And this kind of made him recognized. Well, this, yeah, I wouldn't say serious, serious actor. but uh, it is a more like acclaimed role. Yeah, I would at say. least as a serious actor. Yeah. And, and he's done incredible s- stuff since. So uh, Yeah, and they're going to team up again uh, on Adam McKay's next movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Don't <perfect>. look up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I think they actually like became really good friends after that. And I think uh, Jonah Hill actually, like because Scorsese is his favorite director mm. and um, Terrence Winner, the guy who wrote it, is his favorite writer. And DiCaprio oh, is one of his favorite actors. And he actually like... I don't know if he paid Scorsese to be in it or if he, I think he took like the the minimum, the minimal wage just to yeah. be a part of the movie. Dude, and now they're friends. I mean, yeah. Scorsese apparently gave him directing advice for yes. Jonah Hill's directing debut for mid-90s. in mid-90s, which yeah. I watched a couple of weeks ago and it's great. Great film. Absolutely. And funny that you mentioned Terrence Winter because he's also, I think, a writer on The Sopranos, which I've been watching. Well, there you go. It all, and, it all comes full circle. Yeah. And yeah, dude, it's it's an amazing film and... Yeah, I know why it's your number one, and I agree with it. Yeah, very much. Love it. One of those almost perfect movies, in my opinion. Yeah, dude. And like you said, Scorsese is just one of the best directors, and we're gonna talk about him shortly. But what's your number two? Well, my two is—I uh, don't know how—it was like your seven—is Inception. Yeah. Uh, outrageously low on your list, if I might say so. I'm going to argue why I put it so low in a second, but you right. go ahead and talk about Inception. I thought about this. I think, like, if you ask 20 to 30-year-olds right now, I think yeah. every one of them has seen it, or I would say that this is the movie that most people in that age group have seen. Yeah, and I think if you ask them what their top 10 films is in at least, like, 20% of their lists, Inception is going to make an appearance. Yeah, Dark Knight is going to be mentioned, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and uh, others, of course, I can't think of any other like good example right now. But obviously, the Nolan films all are like very popular. But Inception is rightfully uh, like one of the most well known and one of the most beloved movies out there. It's just incredible, man, and it sort of revolutionized theater, like cinema experiences for me. I remember yeah. watching this in, in in theaters when it came out, and um, it just blew me away, man. The visuals, just the whole like. I don't. We need. To, we don't need to pitch this movie. As I said, I think everyone yeah. has seen Inception and just Nolan playing around with time as he always likes to do in <laughs> such an interesting way. This time, though, in like dreams within dreams within dreams. I guess this um, kind of started off with him yeah. kind of doing this well, memento more complex. I guess, yeah, sure, but I mean more of a as in sci-fi settings and kind of the whole film. Oh well, yeah, sure. I guess 
you're right. He also does in Memento just his films being about exploring this one concept. Yeah. Well, he's sort of done it since again, obviously with Dunkirk yeah. and like in, and Interstellar. So. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Inception. I mean, there's also like, some scary moments in there. Like I remember that whole scene uh, where he meets up his. Um, is it his ex-wife? Is it wife? Ex-wife? Played by yeah, I, I guess ex-wife by definition. Yeah, there's there's like a scene where there's a little bit of a jump scare where he like he's in an elevator and I think he goes up and then her face just appears. I remember that scaring me. And uh, I, I do not remember that scene. I remember the train. It's like in a in a wrecked hotel room. Do you remember that scene where she's almost like jumping off the edge of the window? Yeah, but I don't remember her face appearing. Like, I think, it's, well, it's not like maybe it's not like a jump scare. Maybe it just yeah. it just uh, scared me. <laughs> but once again, I think it's been a couple of years since I saw this. Yeah, which but, is also kind of part of why it's only my number seven. But yeah, yeah, and just the the practical effect effects Nolan always likes to do them. The, that whole like spinning hallway with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, yeah, dude. Arthur, I think his name is. Uh, we I, I, we don't need to talk about this movie too much. As I said, I think everyone has sort of seen and uh, heard of Inception, and I mm. I just think it's an incredible. I think it, it maybe sounds uh, wrong, but I think this is a perfect movie. I really do. I really do. <laughs> I I wouldn't go that far. What's I, I think it's a great film, and I I always have a lot of fun watching it. But just as in saying what is like some of his best performances. I mean, then again, I mean, my put catch me if it can very high, although it's not its best performance, but it just kind of means more to me personally, I guess. But Inception is a great film, maybe a bit overhyped. Just I, see, in, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Maybe I'm just being kind of stupid uh, <laughs> right now. It is a great film. Don't get me wrong. And I enjoy it very much every time I watch it. Uh, but I maybe I just got exhausted talking about it because when this film came out for about six months you couldn't talk about anything else well, it's been like 10 years yeah <laughs> more people still talk about 2010? it 2010 i think 2010 and the reason i put it lower is yeah i mean christopher nolan in this film it's more about the concept than about the characters and sure dicabrio didn't stand out for me as like a character i mean his story is quite interesting but like there are very little moments that i remember him with him like talking or like yeah. delivering like a very cool uh, very fair. piece of dialogue or something like that that's why like his character in yeah, Django Revenant Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Catch Me If You Can Wolf Wall Street and my number one pick stood out way more for me and uh, way more memorable I agree I remember the action scenes very well like you said the like the spinning uh, room and the like the truck and yeah all those scenes but yeah just from a character standpoint and I think maybe I've mentioned this before I'm not a huge action kind of fan. I mean, this action is fucking great, but I love films more because of the characters and of the dialogue, I guess. Yeah. I and, mean, it, yeah. It, it's always a tough balancing act of like, are, are we, is his, his performance is better in this movie. Should that mean it's higher on the list? Of course, yeah. But I agree with everything you said. I just feel like the movie is so great that it, I've put it that high up on the list. And I get it. And I get your love for it. And I think if it, you laugh at it that much. I absolutely agree that it should be a number two spot. I think you like the film a bit more than me. Yeah. Maybe more than a bit. But yeah, <laughs> that's just my uh, my argument for why I put it at number seven. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your number one. What's the best thing you've seen? I mean, <laughs> I, I know mean, it. You figured it out. <laughs> my number nine. Uh, yeah. By now. Uh, my number one spot, the best thing that I've seen from DiCaprio, which is maybe a bit of a controversial statement, is The Departed another film by martin scorsese 
And now we once again get to meet loving fucking gang films. Gangster films. Because it's very much set in the kind of gangster world. Was this your number one on the Damon special too? I think so. Or was I'm it your number sure. two? No, I think The Martian was my number one there. I don't think it was. I'm definitely, I actually know it wasn't. I think it was your number one as well, The Departed. I think Martian was number two. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm getting a bit uh, predictable. Repetitive. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, but right. I, I expected it. Wall Street is the best thing that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll talk about The Departed, of course, yeah. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I've talked about it before, and it's, yeah, it's a bit of a gangster film, as in it plays in Boston in the 21st century. And it's about kind of two sides playing each other. So it's about the police having a undercover agent in a Irish gang, which who is played by DiCaprio. And then there is Matt Damon, who works for the police, but actually works for the Irish gang and kind of feeds him information. Yeah. And it's that back and forth and great cast and great dialogue that makes this film so memorable for me. I think it's probably pretty sure it's my favorite scorsese film which says a lot because his filmography is legendary and mm-hmm. i do not use that word lightly and i yeah it is just i know i think everybody knows his films at least by name and knows how important they are for just yeah i think no one would deny cinema that. in general yeah and the departed is just i don't know why i just from the first time i saw it every time i see it it's just it's a ride and i enjoyed so fucking much and i love dicabrio and this just because of he's this very unhappy guy to be put in this position because he's not allowed on the police force because they tell him yeah we know you cannot grow up in a bad neighborhood and some of your family actually are like gangsters or like criminals so we don't trust you so we don't want you in a police force but what you can do to kind of gain our trust how about you become a undercover agent and he kind of reluctantly agrees and his role as this undercover agent is so perfect there's this scene which i remember so well which is when he goes to the bar the bar to kind of meet <clears throat> sorry jack nicholson or his character yeah and then kind of sitting in a bar and ordering a cranberry juice yes it's such a great freaking moment where somebody kind of makes fun of him for ordering that and him losing his shit which i i don't know if it's his repressed age uh, rage for being forced into this position or of being an undercover agent or it's just him trying to act like a psycho to fit more in with the scene there (laughs) but it works so well and i absolutely love this film and performance wise it should be maybe it should be behind once upon a time in hollywood and wall street no question but it just means so much to me and i kind of regret putting it as, as my first pick just because i did it already with Matt Damon, which no, makes but that just solidifies your love for the movie. No, no, come on, it's not boring. Sure, no, sure, but I don't know. I guess it would have been more interesting. I guess gotta, gotta stay honest about it. Yeah, yeah, but so it's the kind of film that I would prefer to rewatch from all those films. But interesting, like I said, Wolf Wall Street, great film, and everybody should check it out just because of the performance. And I, I had limited time kind of rewatching films. I did not watch. Wolf of Wall Street or The Departed because they're both quite long and yeah. I remember them yeah, both quite Titanic. well. Because <laughs> I have I've seen this film once. No, I, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. And I wanted to do it justice because I was not going to put it on my list at first. Yeah. Because I was like, all right, I remember those like two scenes and that's it. Sure. Like King of the World and them flying. <laughs> and just seeing it, how impressive how much work went into Didn't remember that paint me like one of your French girl scenes? Of course, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. sorry. One of the best. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but yeah, that's why the part is my number one spot. I think I talk about a whole lot more in the Matt Damon special, but it's like yeah. I said, it's just the whole kind of thing of the two sides playing them and all the other characters involved, like Wahlberg and Martin Sheen and Alec Baldwin. They yeah. all have so much character. Also, like Jack Nicholson, and all those people seem so real in this situation, or just you don't even question it because it's funny and intense and i think it's i love it when people can be intense and funny at the same time because this film is quite intense it's no comedy in any way but just the interactions between mark Wahlberg and the people there and just yeah then the intensity of uh, dicabrio being undercover there and kind of having to choosing have to ch- having to choose what he does and what he doesn't do because he just can't go around killing people just because he's undercover makes it so intense yeah, yeah. And I think the only one you didn't list was Vera Farmiga, who's also sorry, Vera this. Farmiga. I missed as uh, the psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. Sort of. I think she has relationships with both Matt Damon and, and DiCaprio. Yeah. Right? There's like an interesting triangle going on there she, as well. Yeah, she's dating uh, Matt Damon and then kind of gets seduced. Starts to yeah. yeah get acquainted with DiCaprio's character. Yeah, I mean, this has like all the element. Like once again, I'm not the biggest fan of that genre, but even though I, I wouldn't necessarily consider this like a gangster genre, but like a good guess, crime yeah. movie but well for whatever reason i just didn't fall in love with that movie um i don't know what it is maybe i need to watch it again it's been a while i just i, I like it a lot it, i think it, it made my number nine it's a, it's a great movie and uh, it has some great little twists and turns and some shocking moments uh, yeah. some iconic shocking moments uh, that really <laughs> like, uh, take you aback um multiple times but also like it's genius filmmaking at the end if you if, i'm not going to spoil mm-hmm. it now but there's like hidden um symbols like or things in the scene that sort of tell you what's going to happen uh subconsciously it's just uh yeah great filmmaking by one of the great filmmakers of course dude definitely yeah and dude i just want to sorry before we end this i just want to throw out the freaking quote from once upon a time in hollywood listen away for (laughs) spoiler now yeah for 10 seconds i swear then it will be over i just had to write this quote down because i thought it was so fucking funny in the moment (laughs) right here here we go well at the end where uh, the character's characters uh, ask well is everybody all right he just goes well the fucking hippies aren't that's for damn sure (laughs) (laughs) i fucking love that scene all right (laughs) Hey, <laughs> what a way to end. What's what's on your honorable list? My honorable list, um, Blood Diamond. But once again, a film that I haven't seen quite a while, and I wasn't sure how much I actually kind of enjoyed it. Whenever I, I think would of enjoy Blood now. Diamond, I think of Jennifer Connelly's CGI tear. That's I the do one not thing remember I've, that. Yeah, there's one scene where like one tear is rolling down her face, and it's a CGI. Uh, right. <laughs> I think I think I enjoyed it, but it's been so freaking many years that I remember very little of it yeah. but also on the honorable list is the uh, aviator that is my one honorable that i have left All right. yeah uh, also by martin scorsese once yes. again <laughs> so and i was going to say this too because i i was now going to talk about sort of the movies that dicaprio has coming up mm-hmm. he has another movie coming up with um martin scorsese together with robert de niro called killers of the flower moon which is uh, going to be hopefully incredible yeah, well. did you see This Boy's Life? Because that's like the first that time they start together. Yeah, all right. I want to check this one out as well because apparently also why DiCaprio got cast in Gangs of New York is because of DiCaprio, uh, sorry, De Niro's recommendation to Scorsese after doing this film. Right. That's sort of one of his earlier roles as well, This Boy's Life. Yeah. He's very young in that. It's like 93. So yeah. um, 
right around the Gilbert Grape time. But I didn't I didn't watch um, This Boy's Life, and I also didn't watch Revolutionary Road. Me neither. Which I don't think would have made my list. But the, then again, I, I would have seen, to it. seen it. Yeah. Also, I think it's also with Kate Winslet, I think, and with Michael Shannon, who I also very much like. Is it with Michael Shannon, really? I'm pretty sure. I know it's a Sam Mendes film, which is always good. Yeah, also guy, cool, yeah. 1917 recently and American Beauty, many other things. But um, I don't I don't think that um, really Michael think so. Sheen or Shannon? Shannon. Michael Shannon. Uh, is... I don't think he's in that movie. Maybe he's not. All right, maybe David I Harbour. confused this one. With... Ah, he is. He's he is? quite... Uh, he's far down. Uh, quite far down in the credits. Okay. But, all right, I yeah. guess it's quite a small role then. And I've also missed Romeo and Juliet, which I think oh. I've seen maybe in school quite some time ago. I don't remember, to be honest. And yeah. Marvin's Room, I was also missing. Yeah, the which, one with Mel Streep. Yeah. Yeah. But I, well, then again, I don't think it would have made my list. But who knows? Who knows? <laughs> They're also teaming up again on Adam McKay's <laughs> <Don't like. laughs> A reunion. Because everyone's in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Whole Hollywood is in that movie. Anything else that you missed? No. That's that. Those are the main things that I uh, that I didn't and get to see. I'm sorry. What was the other one? What do you mean? The big film that we missed. I'm going to look mean? this up right now. I'm sorry. You can cut this out the waiting time. Uh, we mentioned it just before we started recording. Oh, uh, Greg's Plum? <laughs> That's right. Was it Greg's Plum? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Don's Plum. Don's, Don's Plum. Plum. There yeah. we go. Don's Plum, yeah. Where's that one with Toby McGuire? Oh, I think I actually heard about this one. I think he doesn't want anyone to see this one. The uh, <laughs> carrier. And sorry, one honorable mention is The Beach, which I also very much liked. Yeah. I mean, we can go on. He said, there's like, there's also like celebrity Jay the Edgar. movie. Jay Edgar, yeah. I didn't get to see celebrity, but Jay Edgar, that was not going to make my list. Yeah. Him working with Clint celebrity Eastwood. Celebrity is a is a uh, Woody Allen film. Woody Allen, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And then he just he, the, the Woody Allen worked diaries. with everybody. Yeah, he Jesus did. Christ. But then like the 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 man in the Iron Mask and uh, didn't see that one either. But I don't think I would have liked it very much. Plus, it, I don't want to just go. Yeah, just go off of that but the ratings are also quite low yeah and the basketball diaries is supposed to be pretty good i haven't really? seen that one all right yet. yeah i i saw the film but i didn't think that it was oh you saw anything it? no no I, I saw like when i like or when you went up, through yeah yeah what should i watch and i saw it and i didn't think that it would be anything that would be mentioned so yeah and body of lies the ridley scott film have you seen that i saw it like i don't know how many years ago okay so i don't want to put it on my list because i have no idea right about the film. I vaguely remember something from the end. Did you watch it? Uh, yeah, I did. But I, right. I didn't love it. All right. And the last one, the main one that we didn't talk about is The Great Gatsby. And that was also not making of my course, list. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think it's fine. I think once, it's fine. Again, like a, once again, like a three-hour film. Is it that long? I think it's incredibly like two, long. 220, 230, something like that, I think. But yeah. Right. That's it. I mean, we this was uh, this is, once again, it's a longer episode, but... It's it's DiCaprio. I mean, this guy has done some incredible stuff, and uh, we sort of needed to take a little bit of time to get through everything. But hopefully, this was enjoyable. It was yeah. for me. And yeah, I hope you join us for next regular episode or yeah. our next special in four episodes' time. So about a month from now. And yeah, I also had a blast, and also had a blast rewatching some of those films because what a what an actor. 
Yeah, and check out some of the movies that, that you uh, haven't seen, maybe. Maybe we piqued your interest. Definitely yeah. check out The Quick and the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess if you're listening to this, you know where to find us. But if you want to listen to us anywhere else, we're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Play. I don't know what it is called. Google I'm Podcasts, sorry. Yeah. Google Podcasts. Um, yeah, YouTube under Best Thing We've Seen Podcast. And if you want to visit us on Twitter or Instagram, we're there on the Best Thing Radio. Sorry, at Best Thing Radio, where you can check out our cool uh, cover art that Flo posts on Instagram, Twitter, and also it is the thumbnail on YouTube. Yes. So definitely check that out. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And maybe leave us a review, good or bad, hopefully good. <laughs> Give us some feedback. And yeah. We hate to ask you for it, but maybe on YouTube, click that like button or maybe a subscribe. It helps out a great deal. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.